Hi friend, do you want to experience more energy, vitality, and flow in your life? Well, be sure to go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop and check out the supplement section. We have all of your favorites back in stock. Vegan Vitality and Vegan Powder Protein are two of the favorites that go very quickly. So if you're into protein and vitality, be sure to check those out. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about how to crush it at a high level or how to perform at a high level. That's probably going to be the title, how to perform at a high level, but crushing it at at a high level is going to go hand in hand. It's the same kind of thing, right? So my name again, Winston Wittis. Uh, This podcast, if you're new to it, is about find your flow. And finding your flow ties in with uh, performing at a high level. So, well, why should we listen to you, Winston? Who are you if you're new here? You might be asking yourself, right? And so I'll just throw out some things that sound like I might be bragging, but I don't particularly mean to brag. I just want to share with you that I do stuff and... And I perform at a high level. That's, I guess, the point. I got to give some credibility here, right? So I am a uh, number one best-selling author. I've got several books that have hit number one in their category. What is the category, you may ask? Well, it is, um, goodness, uh, performance art. No, conceptual art. Duh. I'm a conceptual artist. It's a fancy word for for ideas, right? And I like to come up with cool ideas and I write books about them. And flow is one of these ideas. And Find Your Flow is the concept and the big uh, framework that I'm building this thing into or that's in the process of being built. And so uh, number one best-selling book series on Amazon. I was a top-producing real estate agent for Century 21 Award many years ago. And um, currently a licensed agent still. Now I'm a full-time real estate investor. Uh, excuse me a um, internet marketing consultant for real estate investors with a very high-performing company, a Fortune 500 company. and I'm sorry, I um, uh, should have all the stuff, I know. But I do, this, I do this podcast while I'm driving, in case you're new, and I do it because it's one more way I can add value and create positive information and content for our listeners and for you, hopefully. So um, so I get a lot of stuff done is kind of the, the overall point, okay? Just go with me on this. So how can you get more stuff done? And so this is something I consult on, right? I share with students, hundreds of students from all over the world, over a couple thousand coaching calls I've probably done at this point. And this is a common theme that comes up. How do I get more done? One of the biggest challenges our students face is that they don't have time to build their business. They want to build it. They want to get out of whatever they're doing. They want to get out of their J-O-B, their just over broke position, and they want to be able to become full, full-time full uh, business owners, full-time real estate investors. Now, you're, that may not be your goal, but maybe whatever it is, you want to be good or better or even the best. How do you do that? What kind of habits and strategies and or tactics might you need to be working on or developing or hiring out even to be able to get to be the best or higher performing. So I'm going to break this down from a couple of different perspectives 
There's going to be maybe the athlete out there. I know a lot of very high-level athletes. I guess that's uh, another kind of cool thing. Um, uh, one more modality, if you will, that we could tap into. I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I wouldn't say that I'm high-level. Uh, I get to train with people who are incredibly high-level world champions, and um, that is super cool. Uh, that's I get to learn under under them. That's um, remarkable. You know, I mean, I'm so fortunate just where I live that I, we live in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu capital of the world. I, I think uh, San Diego. And so I get to train under amazing people and I get to see, you know, the way that they do things and train and it's, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. So there's that piece of it, right? How to be a top performing athlete, how to be a top performing salesperson or marketer or artist, perhaps a lot of different cool things. So there's a lot of things that each of these people have in common and that is one, a burning desire. They have a passion. So I've done uh, one episode on each of those. I've done an episode on burning desire. So I would highly encourage you to listen to that one. And then also how to find your passion if you're not sure what your passion is. Just a recent episode I did that. And then, um, yeah, there's a lot of episodes that probably tie back into this. The long game, that's perhaps uh, applicable if you're building something that's going to take a while. Because a lot of times we want things to be overnight and they just aren't. It just takes longer. It takes more time. It takes more patience. It takes more money and more energy. And if it's a business or some kind of entrepreneurial project, sometimes it takes way longer and costs way more than we ever possibly imagined. And that's just the way this stuff goes sometimes. So are you willing to stick with it through the ups and downs, through the bumps? And having that passion for it, for the long term is a part of performing at a high level. Sometimes it's just those incremental improvements over the long haul that really start to add up and give you that exponential boost once you hit that tipping point. So in some circumstances, just sticking with it long enough, uh, just showing up, you'll hear some people say like, hey, success, 80% of success is just showing up. Just go there. I feel like for me with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that's certainly the case. Um, just by being able to keep going long enough is uh, how you improve. You just get to train with other people. You get to learn from people who are better than you. You maybe even get to train and practice with people who are not as good as you yet, and that is a learning opportunity because maybe you get to show them, oh, you know what, uh, the reason I was able to catch you with this choke is because you weren't doing this thing, and then that's a way that you can improve your own game. You start to see holes and you start to see uh, room for improvement, and uh, one of the best ways to learn anything, of course, is to teach it. So uh, number two, I, that was number one. Number two, uh, a great thing, I actually just had a call today with this student. And she's, she's you know, doing great, but uh, wants to be moving faster, as many of us do, wants success to come sooner. And uh, she was talking about a checklist or like, you know, she's doing this business or trying to build this business and there's so many things pulling in different directions that she doesn't always know where to start or what to do with her day. And this is a very, very common situation for entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, I would say this is, well, particularly for entrepreneurs and business owners, depending on where they're at with their business, um, you know, may or may not have much of this, but getting like running around 
without being super clear on the things that actually make the money or the things that give you the best return on your time and energy investment. It's not always money. You know, if you're an artist and you're trying to produce a lot of art, um, then then that is perhaps your focus. Your, um, this podcast, for example, right now, although I am planning on, it is a part of a monetized model for myself and for this business. It's not the part that I'm focused on at this specific moment. I'm pr focused on providing value for you, my listener, right? Because without you pr feeling that you're gaining strong value, tremendous value, there would be no reason for you to go out and buy stuff that I'm recommending, right? You wouldn't have, you wouldn't feel like, oh, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. No, he's providing me value first. So that is really where my mind is at when I'm doing these podcasts, right? Is how can I provide you value? How can I be in the zone and, and have the mind flow and the spirit flow, the body flow, the social flow, the cash flow to be able to bring this knowledge to you to add value to your life. So that is how I am uh, consciously going after it to provide value for you. So what about when uh, you want to improve something? Well, how are you going to know if you're improving something if you're not measuring it? Right. Um, so this ties into number two, which I did finish the thought on a daily accountability checklist, <clears throat> a daily accountability checklist. What are the things that give you the best return on your time and energy investment? I talked about this in a recent I talked about this a lot. I guess I just talked about it a lot because it's so important. The 20, the 80, 20 rule, the Pareto principle. What are the 20 percent of things that you can do in your day? that are going to give you 80% of your results. That is the magic leverage thing that you should be doing as much as you can within your day because that's the thing that's going to give you the best return, right? If you're focusing on spending your time doing the 80% of things that only give you 20% of your results, you're wasting and losing time every day and falling further and further behind moving toward your goal you're actually probably moving away from it or maybe barely making progress whereas if you are able to refine your approach and get help which is going to be one of the next numbers here then you can focus on that and so the daily accountability checklist says hey what are the things that i need to be doing every day to build my business or to move me toward my goal to you know become a better dancer what are the things I need to do every day? Well, I got to stretch. I got to be more limber so that I can do these poses and yoga, right? Um, so I have to, that's a thing, I, something I have to do every day. Okay, well then boom, that would go on the daily accountability checklist. And what about eating right? Okay, well, yeah, I got to eat right, obviously. Otherwise, I'm going to feel not so good. My energy is going to be low. And, uh, you know, I, I won't be able to make as many sales if I don't have the energy and enthusiasm to really represent my product or service to the full extent. So here's, uh, so I got to eat right, and that means I'm going to eat, you know, one cup of vegetables a day. So boom, that goes on the daily accountability chest, checklist. Oh, well, I got to improve my mind. I got to sharpen the old saw, right? Well, that's uh, reading. Maybe I got to read for 20 minutes a day, maybe an hour a day, whatever it is, to be able to learn new things. Maybe I got to listen to Winston's podcast over at findyourflow.com forward slash podcast every single day because that's how I get myself flowing and awesome and, and it's a shameless plug and we're going to go with it. And so I put that on my daily accountability checklist and I buy all this stuff <laughs> while I'm at it. I go to the store and I buy everything there. No. Um, 
you get the idea, friends. That is kind of the idea, right? You create a checklist around those most important things. And if you did nothing else but those things on your checklist and then, uh, you know, the rest of the day gets away from you and, you know, so-and-so comes and visits you and you go out to lunch and the whole day is shot, you know, by noon, um, at least you got those most important things done. That's the power and value of a daily accountability checklist. So that is uh, number two. Number three, find a mentor or coach or teacher or model. Someone who has been there and done that or is currently doing it. That you can look at them and study them and or hire them or buy their books or tapes or hire them for coaching if possible or mentorship or whatever so that you can learn what they what they did or what they are doing and they don't have to necessarily be already all the way there that's this is an important thing too um you know there's this saying i guess um you know uh those that can't do those that can't do teach i think um, I personally disagree with that statement. I don't think it's very accurate. And the reason being is that even those who do it don't always know how to teach it. They may be so far beyond that phase or they didn't really track what they were doing and they're not, you know, really aware of how they got there. Or they forgot all the steps uh, or they just talk at such a high level. Other people would have trouble figuring out what the how they got from point A to point B. So there are people that are doing it or have done it that, are not good teachers just because they've done it doesn't mean that they know how to break down their process for other people and then there are people that maybe they're not there or they're not doing it full time um, but they understand or are good at breaking down the steps to that thing and so there is in my opinion there is value in that right um uh, some examples okay so i've learned from you know i play saxophone not much these days but in the past i, I played a lot more and so I got to learn from people at all different levels, people that were in college performing and people who were, um, you know, well-known jazz artists and people who were um, professors and people, you know, people at all these different levels. Now, they weren't doing the kind of music that I wanted to do, but they were doing their own thing at their own level that was very high. And I was able to learn a tremendous amount from them. And there's things like that for you, I'm sure, that you can look at and say, well, you know, this isn't maybe exactly that, but this person has an element of it that I do want to learn. And so, oh, you know, this book is uh, really on point or this interview with them or whatever allows you to get that information you want from somebody that can teach it in a way that makes sense for you. And People teach things differently, right? Everybody's got their own style. So uh, we, I work for a company um, that is called Fortune Builders, or I work for Internet Quick Start My Protein, which is uh, a sister company or owned by under the umbrella of what's uh, Fortune Builders, very high level um, education company for real estate investing, and so everybody does that does it a little different. Everybody teaches it a little different. Even, you know, us consultants, we're all teaching basically the same curriculum, the same strategies, but the way each of us approaches it is slightly different. So what one person, you know, and you may appreciate one person's style over the other. They may just speak to you or they have you have a similar background or maybe you have a completely different background. And that helps you to see the way that this works for you. Um, so that is, I think, a very important component of 
really looking for a good mentor or a good teacher, somebody that you can relate to or somebody that inspires you. And, uh, you know, then go out. And so one more thing, I think, uh, kind of uh, almost wrapping it up, but a, a big point that just came into my mind around this is, you know, depending on what you're trying to do, what, and this person, no, okay, you used your blinker. Thanks, friend. You're welcome for letting you in. Yep, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I'll do a quick public service announcement while we're on it. So I mentioned I drive while I do this podcast. So um, one of my big things is uh, I encourage you to use your blinker when you drive. It's a nice thing to do. It's polite. It's flowing. It is probably the law in your area as it is here in California. And it just makes things safer for everybody and smoother and more flowing and awesome. So there you go. So um, finding somebody's style who you vibe with is very important, I believe. I think that's a huge part of uh, this whole thing. Oh, so let's say you find a mentor, right? Or you find somebody and you're buying their books and tapes. You know, those are relatively inexpensive. And then uh, you're maybe you they're in town. You see them at a live event or whatever. Or maybe you're just, you know, chatting with them on social media or attending their webinars or whatever. Let's say they're they're influential. They're they're you know, not just the the guy next door. Maybe they are. But they've got a following, let's say, and they're trying to promote a product or their service or whatever. And you see that like you want to do that same thing. Or maybe there's like some synergy with what you want to do with what they're doing. One of the things that I think is um kind of an interesting angle or something to point out is when people, let's say you want help from this person, or let's say this other person wants help from this mentor, right? This person on stage. And they are approaching this person. And, and you, you know, we have to, we should probably imagine that this person on stage or at the front of the room or, uh, you know, leading the class or whatever probably gets hit up by other people who also want to do business with them or learn from them or, you know, extract wisdom from them or whatever, pick their brain. Let me pick your brain. Hey, let me just take you out to lunch and pick your brain for a bit. Heck no. No, I don't play that game anymore. Um, you know, but this, this idea of like, hey, I'm not going to buy your product or your service or pay you for your professional knowledge, but let me try to like kind of go around it by doing this other thing. I'm not saying there isn't ways to do that, right? If you can provide the same level of value, uh, you know, through your product or service. But if you, but it's also important, I think, to recognize opportunities where you could buy that person's product or service as a way to support them. And that would give you the opportunity to actually take what they're doing and put it into action and be one of their top students which then, of course, they would want to promote, right? If you bought their product and you go out and crush it and do exactly what they've been saying their product or service will do for you, why wouldn't they want to share that with all of their people? Of course they would, right? You're you're a, a shining star. You're an example of social proof that this thing or, or service or product works that they've been selling. So one of the best ways to get help from these kind of people is to actually buy their product or service. Now, of course, that sounds self-serving because here I've already plugged you once with trying to get you to buy my stuff. But honestly, if it's not me, it's okay, right? Because there are people that are going to vibe with me and get the way that I present things and the style that I present things with. And there are people who won't, and that's okay too. 
So you, whatever direction you go, find somebody that you that you want to work with or that you feel like is you know a, a good model. And depending on the situation, maybe the best way to do that is to buy into whatever they're selling. Support them. People remember these kind of things. And so um, so that's kind of a big one. That was kind of the last big one I wanted to talk about because there's a lot of like, what's in it for me? That's everybody, right? You've probably heard this one a billion times. Everybody's favorite radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me, right? Nobody can hear anything else except for that radio station. What's in it for me? Oh, you're selling from, from stage. Well, what's in it for me? Oh, you want me to buy your thing? Well, what's in it for me, right? And that's okay. So then if now you're wanting what's in it for me and you're trying to convince the person on stage that they should, you know, work with you or support you, they're also thinking, hey, what's in it for me? Why should I help you with this? It took me 20 years to end up on this stage. I've been kicking butt and taking names for years to get up here where I am. Now you want to just come in all out of nowhere and not buy my stuff and ask me to help you? Yeah, no thanks. You and the other 20 people online right behind you. Why? Why? What's in it for me? So I think that is an important insider tip that I'm sharing from, and I've experienced this, so what are my experiences with this? One is probably the first one that comes to mind is really just from the DJing world. Getting to a point where I had gigs and I was booking my friends for these DJ gigs and having these randoms come up to me and basically tell me how I suck. I'd be DJing a gig, hey, you suck, let me go on. Yeah, no. If I suck so bad, how come I'm the one up on stage and you're not? Because maybe there's more to it than what you think, right? Um, and, you know, well, hey, book me, book me, pay me this. And it's like, uh, you know, why? Why should I? I could give this to this other guy who's way cooler than you, way nicer, way more respectful, who's been working his butt off to support me for the last couple of years. Why should I hire you, some random that's got a big head, can barely fit through the door? It happens all the time. And then there's, uh, let's think of another example. So, um speaking gigs same kind of thing you know um people just like assume like oh I'll just put in a good word for me or like oh you know like oh i want how'd you get in with them like oh i worked at it <laughs> for months maybe maybe years to get in with the client and now you think you just want to come in and i'm just going to hand it over to you you know it's that kind of thinking that's very short-sighted and that i think a lot of people who are successful in any industry look at those people and and it's just like you'll be here today and gone tomorrow right everybody gets in thinking it's going to be easy thinking they're going to be the ones that hit it out of the park the first day and when they're not they burn out and they go away last example i got one minute left here um i was training uh jujitsu the other day and uh, not trying to put anybody down, of course, um, just an interesting observation. It's just the first time it's happened. I'm a purple belt, been training for about five years, five and a half years now maybe, and um, was going against this white. So a purple belt is uh, kind of like the middle between the starting and the black belt, black belt being the highest rank basically. And so I'm about halfway on, you know, 10, 15 year journey, let's say. And... Um, and a white belt, you know, I've never met or maybe met once or twice before is uh, training with us that day. And uh, he's got a few stripes, you know, solid guy. And uh, we start rolling. He's coming on pretty strong. And, you know, I'm much more technical with my uh, grappling. I like to not 
burn too much energy or try to use force. I try to really just use technique. That's what's fun for me. It's much more conceptual. I'm a conceptual artist, best-selling conceptual author, right? We pointed that out earlier. And so um, so that's the part that's most fun for me. But, you know, it's fun also when guys go hard and or women. And, uh, you know, they're they're trying to fight hard and they want to really win. And I have to be forced to uh, to use some more muscle, some more strength or energy, as well as my technique. So this gentleman is, uh, you know, is going pretty, not super hard, but harder. And uh, and I choke or tap him out once. And he's coming after me again, and uh, he's coming up on top, and I catch him in a triangle choke and tap him out again. And then he's coming back at me even harder now, and he's really going for it. And I sweep him and end up on top and uh, mounting him, and I'm going to start working for a submission. But once you know, he taps out. I'm like, whoa, are you okay? What happened? I didn't even do anything to you yet. And he's like, ah, he just points at the clock. There's 30-something seconds left on the clock. Well, that's plenty of time for him to either try to sweep me or escape or let me try to work on a submission while he has to get to practice defending. Plenty of time to keep working here. And yet, um, you know, got up and walked away. And I, it just kind of caught me off guard. It's like, what the heck? What's going on here? Uh, and afterward, you know, I'm trying to play through all the scenarios. Was I a jerk? Was I too rough with this guy or whatever? And really, one of the only things I could come up with was that I think he was expecting to kind of blow through me and kind of just kick my butt and move on. And when that didn't happen, I think he got frustrated and uh, got up and left. And I don't know for sure that that's what happened. And again, no disrespect to him. Uh, but it just was one of those things I was like, you know, there's we have these ideas, I think, in our heads about what it looks like to perform at a high level and uh, sometimes it's not always so obvious. I think sometimes it's hidden in the day-to-day. Performing at a high level, yeah, winning a world championship or winning a gold medal at something is obviously performing at a high level. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. That person has been putting in hours and hours and hours, if not weeks, if not months, if not years of training behind the scenes to get to the point where they can compete at that level to win. And then you see the gold medal. And so that's kind of the big last idea for you, friend, is that performing at a high level, maybe you're not blasting it all over social media, bragging about whatever it is you're doing. Maybe you're low-key and, and nobody's even noticing, but you know that you're making progress. Why? Because, one, you're tracking it. You found some sort of KPI or key performance indicator that allows you to know whether you're moving closer to or further away from your goals. So that's important. Two, you are um, doing that other thing I said earlier that was super important, right? Buying uh, books and tapes and whatnot, looking for a model. Um, that was number three, I know. And uh, just kicking butt and taking names sticking it with it for the long haul, being clear about what it is that you want so that you know whether or not you're performing at a high level. The daily accountability checklist, number two. And um, with that, I'll end this episode. I think I went over time. Gosh darn it. Uh, So I'm going to put something free and awesome probably with this podcast in the show notes because performing at a high level is an important, awesome thing that I uh, encourage you to do and I want to help you succeed at. So If you go to findyourflow.com forward slash podcast and then search for how to perform at a high level, then you will find something cool there for you. I don't know what yet, but it will be there and it will be awesome. And until next time, my friend, be flowing.
Hey, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you like essential oils? Me too. Did you know you can go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop and pick up some essential oils? Yeah, get them while they're going. And until next time, friend, be flowing.